Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by More Marker. We have buckets and boxes and drawers full of markers. Skinny markers, thick markers, markers that smell weird, and especially markers that have dried out. And instead of just throwing away those dried out markers, we use More Marker to bring them back to life. It's a simple marker-shaped sling that you use to whip the marker back into action. It's so fun to use more marker that sometimes our kids stop drawing altogether and just search for dead markers to resurrect. The more marker kits are made by a family out in Oregon, and you can use the promo code KIDSTORIES to get a great discount. Click the link in the show notes to order your more marker kit today. Now on to some shout-outs. Eliana is a patron and says she has listened to every episode at least two times. That's amazing. I think if you were a character in the story, you'd be a princess of a small island by day and a sneaky shadow ninja by night. Thanks for listening, Eliana. And Veronica, who shared a drawing and a cool story idea about a witch ninja named Katie. Veronica, I think if you were a character in the stories, you would be a witch ninja who infiltrates the Red Cloak Wizard tribe to put an end to their nastiness. Thanks for listening, Veronica. Today's episode is titled Space Shipwrecked Part 4. On the last episode, Ben and Emmeline were sliding down a garbage chute to escape from some evil security robots. Ben and Emmeline slid down the polished metal slide. For a moment, it was completely dark. The slide came down all the way to the ground and they rolled out onto the floor where Roscoe and Barnaby rushed over to lick their faces. The kids petted their two big dogs and looked around. This room is huge, said Ben. It must be some kind of waste collection room for the entire facility. There were a few other slides winding down into other faraway parts of the room and dark tunnels connected to this big open space presumably where vehicles would come to pick up the garbage and scrap metal. Some piles of rubbish lay about, pre-sorted into similar materials for recycling. Well, if these tunnels run under the entire facility, we should be able to get where we're going, said Emmeline. 
but I don't have any idea where we are. I have located a map, said Randy. Ben and Emmeline looked his way and noticed he was staring up at the wall. They went over to Randy and saw a huge map painted there on the wall. The map featured the main level and the tunnels below. Oh, perfect, said Ben. It looks like we're right here under the fuel cell charging room and... What's the place where the mapping modules are? Mapping modules and all other software and upgrades are in the administrative center, answered Randy. They all three scanned the wall, looking for the administrative center on the map. There, said Ben, pointing to a room. Okay, that's not far, and we should be able to get there down this tunnel, said Emmeline. The three turned and looked down the huge tunnel they were standing right next to. It was very dark in that tunnel, and after a little ways in, the light faded and it was pitch black. Sure is dark down there, commented Ben, not very excited about entering into that darkness. Yeah, super dark tunnels are not really my favorite thing, said Emmeline. Randy, do you have, like, some kind of lights you can shine? asked Ben. Yes, answered Randy. Ben then remembered that he needed to ask a more specific question. I mean, Randy, please illuminate the tunnel. Sure thing, buddy, said Randy, and his pale blue eyes shone brighter and brighter until they were like headlights on a spaceship and the tunnel was lit up properly. Nice, said Emmeline. Good job, Randy. The old farm robot clanked down the dark tunnel and the light from his eyes bounced and wobbled. This tunnel was very large, likely meant for big garbage and recycling trucks to haul loads of waste. The dogs ran all around the group, sniffing everything as they trekked through the tunnel. Eventually, they reached a small hallway off the tunnel that led them to a tight, windy staircase leading up. Okay, if we read the map correctly, this staircase will lead us up to the floor of the administrative offices, said Emmeline as they all stood looking up the staircase. At the top of the staircase was a handle to a hatch they could open and enter through. Yeah, it looks like we can pop open that door up there and then we'll come up through the floor, said Ben. Man, I sure hope there are no security bots up there. Maybe we can just peek first and see, said Emmeline. Her and Ben walked up the stairs and lifted the floor hatch the tiniest bit, just enough for them to see through a little crack. They didn't see much. A white floor and some dim lights. They lifted the panel a little more and a little more until their entire heads were sticking up from the floor. The two looked all around and saw no security bots. They carefully set aside the floor panel and climbed up into the room. Motion sensors detected them, and the main lights of the room clicked on, giving them a bit of a start. They froze. But nothing else happened. Randy followed them up and Barnaby and Roscoe scrambled up the stairs and into the bright white room. This room had a big white desk in the middle, and the walls were covered in buttons and little computer screens and knobs and number pads. Uh, what is all this, Randy? asked Ben. How do we find the mapping module? With your eyes, buddy, said Randy. Ben sighed. Uh, okay, Randy, what I meant to say was, where is the mapping module? All upgrade and software modules are stored in the walls of this room, 
said Randy. Ben and Emmeline walked along the walls, inspecting them closely. They noticed that there were different sized slots in the walls where the computer hardware was stored. Oh, look here, said Ben. You, you like, pull on the knobs and, and the module box just comes right out of the wall. With his thumb and pointer finger, Ben pinched a little knob sticking out of the wall and pulled. There was a gentle clicking sound, and Ben removed a small box from the wall about the size of a box of crayons. That's awesome, said Emmeline. You just pull out whatever module you need. There are, there are thousands of them in here. Emmeline looked at the little box in Ben's hand to make sure it was the right type. Okay, cool. We can just slip this into our ship's controls and we're good to go, said Emmeline. Now all we need to do is get out of here. Before they could mobilize, a red light began flashing next to the empty slot in the wall where Ben had removed the mapping module. A firm robot voice rang from speakers in the wall. Password required. Input password before proceeding. Password required. Input password before proceeding. Ben and Emmeline examined the wall near the removed module and noticed a little touchpad was lighting up. On the screen was a simple number pad with numbers 0 through 9. The screen flashed as the voice continued demanding a password. A password? Randy, what's the password? asked Ben. I do not have access to the administrative passwords. Only security bots and advanced personnel have those codes, said Randy. Well, I sure could have used that information before I pulled out the module, said Ben, clearly frustrated. Ben tried to stick the module back inside the wall to stop the alarm, but it didn't work. The alarm and the demanding robot voice just kept repeating the same message. I can't get it back in. What are we going to do? He said. And then the voice alarm changed. Instead of demanding a password, it said, Security personnel dispatched. Remain still. Security personnel dispatched. Remain still. Security personnel? More bots? Said Emmeline, beginning to panic. We, we, we've got to go back down into the tunnels. Come on. Emmeline flung open the floor panel to rush back down the stairs into the tunnels. Ben followed her, and in seconds, they reached the bottom of the stairs. They looked up to continue speeding through the darkness, but what they saw stopped them in their tracks. Security bots! A group of them was marching right to the staircase. The lights on their helmets illuminated the hallway and shined off their armored black and red bodies. The bots in front lifted their arms and red lasers blasted down the tunnel toward Ben and Emmeline. The two turned around and scrambled back up the stairs as lasers bounced off the railing. They popped back up into the room. No, no, no! They followed us into the tunnels, Emmeline said. Oh, they're coming after us. Emmeline slid the hatch back into place on the floor. Ben walked to the other side of the large desk in the middle of the room and began pushing it. Randy, help me push this desk over. We've got to block that hatch, he said. Even though Randy was an old robot, he was still very strong. Stronger than most humans and certainly stronger than Ben and Emmeline. Randy placed his robot hands on the edge of the desk and the gears in his elbows whined. His batteries hummed as they kicked into temporary overdrive, and the desk tipped up and then crashed down onto the floor hatch. Nice, great job, Randy, said Ben. 
That buys us some time for those bots, but there's probably going to be more coming in through the main door. Ben and the others turned and looked at the two main doors of the administrative center. They rushed over and looked through the little square windows of the door. They saw security bots marching toward their room, far off down the long hallway. Oh, what do we do? said Emmeline. We're, we're trapped. There's nowhere to go. Oh, no, said Ben. He patted his pockets and jacket. What? asked Emmeline. The mapping module, said Ben. I, I had it. I, I know I had it when we went down the stairs, but I can't find it. He looked all around the floor and in his bag. Emmeline scanned the floor too, but it wasn't there. Oh, I must have dropped it when we ran from the bots. The two then looked at the huge desk on top of the floor hatch, and they knew there was no way they could go back down there to get it. Randy, is there another mapping module in the walls? asked Ben. Yes, there are many more, said Randy. Randy, are there any mapping modules that'll fit our ship? Any just like the one that Ben pulled out of the wall? asked Emmeline. Yes, said Randy. Where? Where is it, Randy? yelled Ben. He was becoming increasingly frustrated with Randy's often useless answers. It is in me, said Randy. Ben and Emmeline both looked at Randy, clearly confused. What? It is in you? What does that even mean? asked Ben. I have an internal space-based mapping module in my database that would work in your ship, said Randy. Ben and Emmeline looked Randy over, wondering how they could get at the module. Okay, okay, I, I think I could remove his chest plate, began Ben. But if it's an internal module, I would have to extract his entire core processor to get it in the ship. Okay, yeah, fine, get started, said Emmeline. The bots down the hall will be here in like two minutes. Are you going to take me apart? asked Randy. Ben and Emmeline then paused and looked at each other. Randy had helped them this entire time, and without him they certainly would not have gotten this far. They began to feel guilty at the idea of ripping him open to get at his computer parts. Well, I mean, began Ben, we can put you back together, I guess, when, when we get home. Perhaps instead of dismantling my robot body to take my insides, you can simply plug me into your ship, suggested Randy. Oh, so now you're giving unsolicited advice, said Ben. Yeah, okay, taking you apart was a rash decision, but we're under a lot of stress right now, okay? We are buddies, said Randy. Yeah, yeah, Randy, we're buddies, agreed Emmeline. Buddies do not take each other apart, said Randy. Yes, okay, you're right, said Emmeline. We feel guilty and embarrassed at even considering it, okay? But right now we're about to get assaulted by a squad of security bots if we don't figure out how to get out of this room! Randy lifted his arm and pointed to the wall. Blow a hole in that wall. It leads to outside, said Randy. Ben and Emmeline lit up, both thinking the same thing. Yes, yes, right, I I'll make another fuel cell bomb. We blow a hole in the wall and we run for the ship, said Ben. He pulled a fuel cell from the bag and knelt down at the wall. He rigged it to overcharge. Then he ran and ducked behind the fallen desk along with Randy, Emmeline, Roscoe, and Barnaby. 
Seconds later, the fuel cell exploded in a thunderous blast of sparks and smoke. Ben and Emmeline's heads pounded from the explosion. Roscoe and Barnaby pawed at their ears. They peeked over the table and saw a hole in the wall leading to outside. Yes, let's go, said Ben. Everyone piled out of the facility and onto the dusty surface of Arc 19. Ben and Emmeline spun around for a moment to get their bearings and remember where their ship was parked. Over there, yelled Emmeline, pointing off into the distance. Everyone ran as fast as possible, knowing the security bots would give chase. In the distance, they could see their ship, a little dot on the landscape. They ran along the wall of a building toward their ship, hoping they would soon be out of sight from the bots chasing after them. Red laser fire zipped from behind. Ben and Emmeline turned and saw security bots climbing out from the blasted open hole in the building. And when they turned back around to continue their charge to the ship, a security bot leaped out to them from behind the corner of a nearby building. The black and red robot jumped out and landed right in front of them. Its heavy feet pounded into the ground, and its arms stuck straight out, pointed at Ben and Emmeline. Just before red laser fire erupted from the arm-mounted blasters, Roscoe and Barnaby crashed into the security bot, knocking it to the ground. The dogs bit and clawed the robot, and while their teeth could not penetrate the armor, they did rip apart some exposed wires, and the bot began sparking. The dogs growled ferociously and tore into the security bot wherever there were wires to be mangled. Soon the robot's eyes went dark and it lay still. Randy knelt down to the destroyed robot. Good doggies, who's my good boys? Randy then grabbed one of the broken robot's arms and pulled up sharply, ripping it right off. Whoa, Randy, I think the robot's done for there, buddy, said Emmeline, cringing at the excessive force. No need to rip it apart, we, we gotta get back to the ship. Laser fire continued peppering the air around them from the bots behind. Randy then attached the security bot's arm onto the top of his own robot arm. He tore off the bot's other arm and did the same. Randy stood and turned to the kids. The security bot's black and red arms, with wires sticking out the back and sparking a little, were attached firmly to Randy's old weathered gray robot arms. Randy is for fighting now, he said. He lifted his arms and activated the blasters in the newly attached robot arms and a steady spray of red lasers burst forth and scattered the security box behind them. The blasting stopped and Randy turned to the kids. Run, he said, and they all continued their race to the ship. The blasting was attracting more and more security bots and a large group now followed after them. They reached the ship in a panic and Ben tossed Emmeline some of the new parts. They got to work installing the new fuel cells and thruster coils. Randy stood guard on the ground next to the ship, blasting away at the oncoming security bots. Roscoe and Barnaby ran in circles around Randy, barking. Soon the two were done with repairs and they called the dogs into the ship. Barnaby, Roscoe, come! And the two dogs eagerly rushed into their doggy chairs to get strapped in. The robot arms Randy attached to his own arms were smoking now, and he stopped firing. Randy, let's go, said Ben. The old farm bot clomped into the ship and sat on the floor near a computer terminal. 
He opened up his chest plate and opened up a panel in the computer. He began attaching wires from the computer onto himself. Hardwire complete, said Randy. Your system's computers will now access my own mapping module. I sure hope this works, said Emmeline. Laser fire now pinged off the outer hull of the ship as the security bots outside marched closer and closer. Ben and Emmeline frantically tapped their screens, preparing the ship for departure. Are we go for launch? asked Ben. We're go! Just punch it! yelled Emmeline. The ship shuddered and rumbled and rattled as it slowly lifted up off the ground. A second later, under a hail of laser fire, their ship blasted off into the stars. The End Thanks for listening, friends. I recently highlighted some listener drawings of Randy in an Instagram video. I would love for you to check that out, and if you have drawings of Randy or any other podcast characters or scenes, I'd love to share those too. You can send those drawings to me at kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios!